0: Yeah, this is gonna be fuck a lot. This is gonna be a long one. <laughs> so, um, a very calm, not hyperactive Danny is going to explain roughly what we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm I'm buzzing. This is cool. Um, so, thing one, which is, I mean, it's the fun bit, but also not so fun, is we're going to go through the comments of the last couple of uh, episodes. So uh for for those unaware i was away last week so we did two recordings in one one sitting which was great fun uh my holiday was it good it was it was great fun <laughs> <Come on.
1: laughs>
0: uh yeah my, my holiday was good um and uh feel refreshed etc etc but i i'm so happy i'm actually doing something now i can't sit still I, I i i was a fidget ass like the first couple of days did walks and stuff and then and then i was like no nah, i can't sit by the pool and do Nothing. Nothing. I, I I need to move. Um. So yeah, holiday was good, but we recorded two episodes, so we've got two episodes worth of comments, which is good. We'll we'll go through a couple of them. Then cron is now accessible to everyone, so I've done a bit of exploring on that, and much to my disgust, John got an update for illicit, which I don't have yet, so he can discuss illicit. Uh, <laughs> yes i i am doing my ranty thing inside of the slack and i'm i i, I want it uh so yeah we're going to discuss oh, you see, you're doing your ranty thing <laughs> yep yep I've was- you got it 1st you were playing with the list before i was i know and i use it more than you do um but yeah so we're going to talk about a couple of tech apps then uh go go off maybe in some other directions we'll see how the time goes because i don't want to give you like a three-hour episode so you don't? No, I'd much, I'd much rather uh, have lunch. <laughs> I have another like We
1: started time. half
0: an hour early, so we're fine. <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, I have a lot to say already. John, you're probably going to have a lot to say. Um, so we need to start. <laughs> yep. Which which episode do you want to start with? I don't remember which one was first. I think Stream of Consciousness came out first. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, John, you have more points.
1: <laughs> I don't. I just, I just have put notes down on my points rather than just having like a bullet.
0: Oh, uh, you, I like you. You know me with my oh, oh, a couple of words. Here's like an hour of your conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I know that if I don't put more than a couple of words, I will be there. I will be three, four hours going in different directions. So I'm like, nope. I want to, I want to get capture my thoughts and then
0: explore them. Yes. So, I assume you want me to start again? Uh, well, I mean, I can start, because my, my point literally says, atomic notes don't get it. That, that, yeah. That's that's the five words <laughs> that I got from uh, Dovus' comment. The comment was much longer than that, but that's the general gist of it. Um, and John has gone on to give it three bullet points, each with a sentence. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I also don't get it. I don't get atomic notes. I don't, like, well... I get
0: it in theory and for me I think I think this is where for me terminology comes in I understand it from a different person's perspective yes. but I don't understand it in my personal use case mm-hmm. that's how I would explain it that's exactly how I would explain it and
1: I and I I put in here that for me a lot of what gets spoken about is a little bit of like navel gazing Kind of experience of like, "Mm, let us talk about the the taxonomies and philosophies and and which is something we're also quite bad at doing. But I I I (laughs) know I know what. But it's very much impractical. It's talking about it from an impractical sense, not from a sense of how we discuss it, where it's very. It feels, at least for me, let us know if you disagree. But it's from a very practical action based experience like the doing of the things that the theoretical parts are always talking about when you think about zettelkasten and information den- and and all of the stupid atomic notes stuff i like dense information i think we both are very much enjoying like everything being in one page with the context there because that makes sense like i don't get atomic notes and in fact I my hot take is atomic notes is just a uh, it's a way so that you look like you have more notes <laughs> <laughs> like it's like oh I've got ten thousand notes yes but most of them have a, less than a paragraph in them
0: yeah yeah I think uh Dovas left a comment <laughs> bear with me he left a comment on a comment on my video um and the the comment was essentially saying the original comment was essentially saying they're enjoying my channel because they can see me using obsidian and I think that's the difference between the videos that I'm making and some of the other videos where other videos, I'm not saying all of them, I'm just saying a lot of them show you a feature um, or talk about a thing, but they don't really say why or how. And I mean, I think it might have been the recent video on bookmarks. I showed how I'm using bookmarks and why i'm not using parts of the bookmarks it's like it's putting the theory into practice and i see atomic notes kind of like that is i don't see many people that use atomic notes actually do anything with them because the emails that they put out the newsletters the essays are long notes they're long files that are written those people that are writing books have long files. A character file is not a sentence. They may have a sentence at the top explaining what the character is, but you have an entire file about a character or about a place or about a bit of magic or tech or whatever they're writing. It's, yes, I know, it's it's fun. Um, <laughs> it's more. I know, D, I I freaking know. It's more than a couple of paragraphs. Yeah. And I don't see how Atomic Notes actually transfer, transfers to writing. And Obsidian is a writing app. Yeah, I, I I just I don't see where it is Zettelkasten. You can argue, Zettelkasten is just a, a slip box, a place where you put your notes. To me, Zettelkasten is a place to put notes. It's not a an Atomic Note thing. No. It, because right. when when you look at the translations zettel Kassin is just like slip box and a slip box it can be as big or as small as you want because digital <laughs> like digital it is the thing kind
1: of, it kind of goes into one of my other points on this like there is so much on the internet
0: around, distortion.
1: yeah there is so much distortion around the internet of like this is how you do it this is what you do this is why you do it and then when you look at it and you go but why it, it kind of falls apart. A good a good example of this from like every single thing that someone says on the internet may have some value. It's not rubbish and crap and junk to to clarify, because that would be a common misconception that I had at the beginning when we started having these conversations. It's the fact that it 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 all sort of goes down to the environment that you're in. For example, time blocking didn't get it for literally forever. Never got it, thought it was stupid, thought it was rubbish, didn't make sense to me. And then I needed time blocking. But what people don't seem to talk about is that environmental element because it's nowhere near as easy to talk about and isn't so fancy and swishy. Well, I think it's
0: fancy. I freaking love it. But no one I can tell. The first thing you, you look it. at in Illicit is TED.
1: <laughs> well, duh. Because <laughs> I did it in ChatGPT and I cry every single time going, no, 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 no. It's better though. Better. Still, Illicit's better.
0: Nice. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can relate to what you were saying as well, because uh, recently with some of the stuff that I've been writing, outlining makes sense uh, because of the environment. I mean, I'm not doing heavy research and when I'm doing heavy research, outlining just it just doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. And when I'm writing articles, again, outlining just doesn't make sense, which is what I spent most of my writing time doing. But mm-hmm. now that I'm doing a different style of writing, outlining helps. It, yeah. it just helps and because I know how to do it it wasn't a "oh, how do I do this thing it was like oh I can do this now
1: it, it's that thing like with habits but I think I've mentioned this a few times before around how if I want to learn a habit or I want to get to habit I want that habit to be very much multi-use versus getting into a habit of pressing a button so that I can start a timer so that I keep track of my time I would rather develop a habit that actually helps me do multiple things. And like that outlining idea and and all of that lovely thing that you were saying is kind of an example of that for me. I'm like, I want to build habits, not in the, uh, his way of thinking about habits, but the other book, which thanks for mentioning that in the comments. I think I actually own that book. I haven't finished it yet.
0: Well, the Atomic Habits one or the other one?
1: Oh fuck! Atomic Habits. I've i read enough Atomic Habits to burn it.
0: <laughs> oh, dog! Of course. Um, yeah, I think there was there was. I'm I'm gonna mute myself while uh while the dog does her barking thing, and then you can carry on. So I was just going to allude. Oh no, she she seems to have been quiet. Yeah, there we go. Um, I was just going to allude to like the the way that we think about each each context, each each environment. Um. Where, where you were talking about your your habits, the habit is so constrained, mm. it's like learning a skill for just that one specific environment. And as mm-hmm. soon as something changes in the environment, the skill d- decays. <laughs> and,
1: and this is something that, from my understanding, and I've only watched that video that you linked to in the comments from the ac- academic ADHD, that's exactly what the other book talks about, which is just doesn't Mm -hmm. it's too busy to talk about the identity and how your identity matters and if you want it hard enough you'll go and get it which is the problem because the moment you put in any form of environmental context because that is actually the reality of what we live in we are in different environments all of the darn time but oh god forbid we actually talk about that so that people can actually get what they need and what they want from what they're doing but anyway rant
0: I think like- I think that's an affordance because it's an affordance slash constraint inside of the self-help book world field mm-hmm. thing. Because when you look at the majority of the self-help style books, it's someone telling their story, which immediately adds constraints because it's their story. And immediately the affordances they see are mapped to their environment. That's how ecological psychology works, that's how the perception works. You perceive affordances in your environment. But if the person reading the book isn't in that environment, they may not see, perceive, the same affordances, solutions. Therefore, the tips, tricks, hacks, affordances don't work for them, because it's a different environment. So you'd need to write the book in a way that isn't constrained by an individual's story. Yes, yeah, so this, yeah, yeah.
1: this is something that I've been, like the recent workshop I ran around redefining simplicity, I was exceptionally like aware around like, this is based on my experience. And I'm now, now that I've kind of lived the experience and had the lived experience of using kind of dynamical systems, ecological, like the whole theory. The ecological I'm now perspective. Bringing, yeah, the ecological perspective. I'm now bringing that in, but being also <clears throat> super aware of the fact that this is just my experience with my environment. And so it, it's been quite interesting to translate that into <clears throat> into a different environment as in a learning environment to help people figure out how to redefine simplicity and having the specific topic as the constraint seems to have worked pretty well it helped me to focus my attention down further and and constrain the environment because ah, ah, yeah. ah, it's the constraints-led approach to coaching and that in that idea
0: i know right i know yeah, right all the order stops
1: <laughs> yeah um i'll just throw some other jargony words in there to sound like i know what i'm talking about you yeah, but you're using them
0: in the right place though. That's the I thing. know. I, I didn't know
1: they were the right words in the right places. But it's interesting now. I've slowly started to understand more of the theory and the lived experience of that theory, which is the part that has always been missing for me. Uh, or or well, it's not been missing. I've just not been aware of it i've not attuned to it that's what it is that's the reality of it i haven't been attuned to the re- to that because i've been thinking different and had different constraints on what i thought i could and couldn't do and so that shaped the environment that i'm in but now that i've attuned to the environment and the changing environment and everything that happens from there the emergence entropy all the lovely lovely nerdy words it's which uh, all words i can context. think of
0: right now <laughs> Huh. I said, insert all words I can think of right now. Uh,
1: it, yeah, exactly. I think I used. I primarily focused on emotions and perception and action because they were the two that are kind of. When I first started, they were the ones I could grasp. Yeah, they concepts. Well. By the way, for concepts. those listening,
0: may have got confused because you said the words, and then you listed three words, and then you said two.
1: <laughs> yeah, So the concepts. Thank you.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I I completely agree, and this is where I think I, I guess we can we can merge this into the next point i think this is where the the way you perceive the environment with action <laughs> I. Have it, I having
1: I, I, I didn't realize i did that but yep
0: <laughs> having the the ecological ecological perspective moving into different things the, the the teachers don't care enough to keep students engaged i think that is a, a perception on what the teacher's constraints are in an environment because. Davos made a really good point and I I, I completely agree with him uh, that a lot of teachers they give you a lot of upfront work but keeping all the students engaged is very very difficult and most teachers fail at it and I think that's partly because of the system and the system is really really poor especially in the world we're living in now with AI tech everything it's, it's just a really poor system which needs to change and it's needed to change for years um, but because the teachers have constraints in the environment that prevent some of the affordances they want to do some of the things that the teachers want to do they can't do because of either the system the students the people Them like there are lots of different things in there that stopping the te- teacher doing from what they want to do that the students lose out on that which is why i think a lot of students they don't necessarily don't need to go to university or, or go to a formal education but they could certainly do a lot of it in their own time if they understood the differences in the in the environments that they're working in. Like when when I was a student, going telling my story a little bit. So obviously it's constrained. But going through, oh wow, I did not like that cron go away. Did you hear that? No, okay, good. Cron gave me a ping notification for the meeting, even though I'm already in the meeting. Ugh. Um, where was I? Oh yeah. Uh, so when I was At university started university my my view was the traditional view it's a traditional ip view going through learning etc etc very linear and i struggled so hard um to understand what was going on i critiqued myself a lot very heavily um and it wasn't until i grasped what environments meant what constraints meant what affordances were um when it came to coaching other people that i realized actually you know what it's not actually bad that I'm different. <laughs> it's actually a good thing that I'm different, and it's actually normal that I'm different. Even though I'm, t- I was told when I was younger, like I, w- I was always told, "Oh, everyone's unique. Everyone's got their unique thing." I'm like, "Yeah, but that's that's not what everyone does. It's, it's not what I actually see in in the world." Like you you tell me this stuff, but I don't believe it because that's not what you're saying. Everyone's grouped together. Everyone's categorized together. Everyone's labeled in that way. Everyone's treated in this way. Everyone should do this. Everyone should act like that that doesn't tell me that I'm unique or should be unique. And then I realise, like second year uni, I'm like, what am I like 19, 20 at this point? Oh wait, everyone is different. There is an environment that allows for constraints, affordances, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Oh, okay. If, If I knew that earlier, I don't think I would have needed to go through university because I would be able to do what I'm doing now, which is learn by myself. Some people figure it out on their own, and they don't know it's ecological psychology. They just figure it out. Like, when you look at some of the successful stories of entrepreneurs uh, that did drop out of college or whatever, they they realise that it's the environment and the the environment they put themselves in that helps them progress and move forward. I see that a lot. I see that a lot, And, and it's kind of they don't know it's ecological psychology, but it yeah.
1: is. Yeah, I see that quite a bit in the space and primarily in people who identify as neurodivergent or neurodiverse or whatever the language is. But with that label, there are more people who go, Well, I just realized that this didn't work for me because of the situation I'm in. And situation is often the phrase used. It's like, That's environment. Yeah, different constraints. Yeah, how do you ain't ready to do this? Mm hmm. Yeah, go look at this because 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 if you look at this i think your brain is going to explode and you are going to unlock quite a bit because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the exciting thing for me i think is i that was my lived experience of like i knew this stuff because i sort of lived it to a degree but it was very constrained by the environment that i was in at the time and that Like, I didn't know what was available to me. I was not attuned to what was available. And because of that, the constraints I had kept me in a different position. That meant I couldn't see what was there. Couldn't see the different things in the environment that were there. And what happened once we started talking about this and I started researching and started going, oh, cool, that's interesting. Oh, cool, that's interesting. Oh, oh. Well, I'm full of shit. Time to live it. And, and it was very much that, oh, well, I'm full of shit, time to live it. And going through that experience of trying to live, you know, uh, what would you call it? What was that? What was the sexy name you had for it? i <laughs> <laughs> brain is like trying to find it now.
0: I, I don't even know what you're trying to Ecological explain. Ecological
1: learner. Like, oh, OK. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was there. Um when I got to, got to that position of being an ecological practitioner or learner or whatever it might be, um, ecological practitioner sounds kind of cool. Um, it was very much a thing of like, oh, this changes nothing and also everything at the same time.
0: I think the the way I see it is the ecological perspective is what, in my mind, is a true mindset shift. When people speak about I need to shift my mindset, or I need to change my mindset, I I don't I don't see anyone really changing their mindset. They don't change their values, their morals, their beliefs. They they don't really interpret things in a different way. They're still viewing things in a similar lens. It's it's, I guess, using the Matrix pill because everyone loves using that analogy. They, they look at the red pill and the blue pill, and they think they're taking the red pill, but actually, it's just another blue pill. Like yeah. they, they're just, they're just taking the same pill, but they don't realise it. Um, that, that's how I felt whenever I went to a mindset shift. I'm like, oh, I'm going to change my mindset. I must have changed my mindset so much in my first year at uni because I was really struggling, like with lots of issues, and I was like, I'm going to change my mindset again, and I'm going to yeah it it, it never never made a thing and i didn't when i went into ed i didn't think i'm going to change my mindset that that wasn't the approach i took i'm like i don't understand this but this is giving me some answers to questions wait i have more questions about what i think now because this is giving me answers to things that i didn't even realize were an issue right like beforehand uh and having read uh, the first few chapters of the Introduction to Ecological Psychology book, the assumptions that I knew were challenged, when you actually list them out and you list the traditional approach to assumptions out when it comes to perception, you sit there and go, yeah, that's actually kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of dumb. Um, but it, it's the best that we have and had, past tense, future tense, present tense. Um, with, When it comes to perception, because perception is very... Um, difficult to explain some academics even use i'm not saying this is a bad thing but they even say some academics that perception can't be explained through science and it is an existential uh solution like you need a god of some sort to explain perception to you because it's so difficult to explain and that's some academics talking about that and i'm i am sitting here thinking. But we have things that are perceiving other things. I say things because you've got like technology, AI, that's looking at a world and perceiving things. But the perception is different from uh, technology to an organism. I say organism because I think insects are involved in that as well. Ecological psychology, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Do you want to riff about the second point? of Davos with with teachers. I said what I wanted to say with regards to the environment of teaching being very constrained by the system. Yeah, I mean, I I had pretty much, as you can see, I had the kind of same thing. But I did, is,
1: one of the things that was mentioned which drew my attention was the foundation of the learning path. Like, is there a foundation? Was my kind of instant question of like, is there are there things you must know
0: i would rephrase that because having must and know <laughs> yeah i know that that was
1: bit. like because that was the question i had is like <clears throat> what is a foundation of learning like what is that cuz cuz that,
0: that and i wasn't really like the way i interpreted that was foundation being beginning I I think this is where a lot of the analogies of the traditional approach start to cloud people's minds. I don't know whether this is what Dogos was inter uh, uh, meaning as an interpretation, but foundation typically is the bottom of a pyramid, and you build on top of it.
1: That that's what I interpreted, and I'm just like ah. Yeah,
0: I ah. don't. I don't think that's. Well, that's not not how I read it. But then again, that's my <laughs> that's my perspective. Speaking, I see foundation as a starting point, as a a point in a three dimensional universe um, where you can go in every and any direction. So yeah, because because I'm not constrained by the way my my mind tries to model out the word.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> and and my. My own personal interpretation kind of matches yours of like it it, um. But I my brain went, is that what you're meaning, or is that uh? So I kind of had the two differing views playing
0: at the same time. Because I like to do that in my head. Oh yeah, I, I do the same. It's just I choose, I choose to focus on my personal perspective rather than understand viewpoint from the other perspective because i know as soon as i go on to a different like the traditional approach of ip um, and the traditional linear learning elements i just get really i get bogged down in the same struggles i had when i was struggling because there were there were questions that processing just doesn't do it for me (laughs) saying oh the brain Mm -hmm. processes it or... Yeah,
1: and that that was my that was where oh, my brain. Need,
0: you need to do some thinking. I'm like, what what thinking? What the f-
1: yeah? And how do? does that even work? How do you think? Like, what do you like? What does that even flipping mean?
0: i yeah. oh, ask yourself some journal prompts and you'll get the solution no you won't you'll answer the journal prompts in the easiest way you see or you'll go down loads of rabbit holes explore loads of things come up with loads of questions and end up going in a completely different direction because you you don't really have an answer to what processing the whatever it is trauma struggles issues is there's no solution psychologists therapists they all know it they can't just go right do this bit of thinking, and you'll 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 so solve whatever your problem is. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you, you've got to practice. You've got to do the thing, and practice in a nutshell is perceiving and acting inside of an environment that is yeah. practice explained through an ed lens. Um, which yeah, and
1: and I and I think going back to what you were saying about like a good slash bad teacher. I actually have a really good example in my own experience when I was in college of around, I had a teacher who everyone hated. Like, almost everyone absolutely hated. They didn't think they were a good teacher. They thought they were awful. And yet, I enjoyed every single lesson. I have the same experience. And I'm like, does that mean that that teacher was bad? Or does that mean that the environment that he created... Didn't match the environment of the students.
0: I would say it didn't match the expectations the students oh, the expectations. put on. Yeah, they, they put on that experience. I think uh, m- moving on to <laughs> some some uh, some of the academic uh, ADHD comments because I can see that obviously Obsidian split screen. Um, I think this relates to what Attila commented on the other things episode with memorizing and learning i in my head link those two things together because inside of a lesson you have expectations and when you think of okay i'm going to go into this lesson to learn something or i'm going to go into this lesson and i'm going to remember or i'm going to store these things in my memory from this lesson because it's an important piece of information for the test or whatever um some people go in with a narrative in their head that I'm going to learn this thing so I can remember this thing for the test. And when you go in with that, you're constraining the way that you perceive the world, obviously, because you're you're looking at it through a a certain lens, which means the affordances of all of the information being shared aren't always there because, obviously, you constrain the environment, i.e. the mental environment, looking at the the lesson. Uh, And so when a different student goes into that environment, and they don't care about the test. They're not constraining their attention to, is this on the test? Or how do I remember this for the test? Or do I need this for the assessment? Instead of that being con- the constraint, that that's removed because the person doesn't care about the test and they care about learning. And now when they hear the words, it's the same words in the same environment, but they have a different personal constraint due to expectations, they have different questions and they see a different ways to explore that information because of the perspective, the different perspectives that people have taken in to that environment. And that is how, for me, I, I never took notes at university. I got kicked out of a couple of lectures for not taking notes because the, the lecturer was like, you can't remember all of this, blah, blah. I don't give a, I don't care about remembering it for the test. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to learn. Um, which is why I, I was actually able to remember most of it because I cared about the information being shared. Um, that I went in with a a different view and I went in looking to see all of the information and see how it connects. And that's how I think. Again, I'm speaking from my own experience here. That's how I think neurodiverse categorized people tend to look at the world. They, They don't tend to look at the world in a very narrow, constrained, shallow way because they want to explore. They want to go in every direction at once. And in order to do that, you can't constrain your viewpoint. Yep. which means they get distracted because their brain is going everywhere. <laughs> so I th- I think I I don't think that is from my research I don't think that is something unique to the neurodiverse. I think it's something everyone can do. I think it's something some people choose not to do and that's a decision that they've made. Um and they continually make and then it becomes part of practice part of who they are etc cetera, etc cetera, getting all complicated. And, so. and also
1: from from the science which is i say that very delicately not 100 happy with but it is very much for a neurodiverse individual it's the lack or struggle to switch off the stimulus of that like whatever is stimulating them it, it requires conscious effort to switch it off um and and uh, from my actual lived experiences Flipping pain in the ass, and it requires a lot of energy to switch off a stimulus. I have to really focus in. Whereas, and I think what happens, the difference is, or my my understanding of the difference is that for those who are not neurodiverse, they don't have that struggle. That they can immediately switch it off. And I'm just like, wow.
0: See, that to me right there is one of the biggest assumptions in the ADHD popular internet thing. And what I don't understand is where that assumption comes from. Because when you look at the research, when when it comes to focus, everyone struggles. Everyone. Depending on the environment. (laughs) Exactly. Every single person struggles to focus because if someone doesn't care about something, they won't be able to focus on it. So when it comes to the levels of focus and the difficulty someone has on focusing on something, I I don't think it comes down to the neurodiversity of someone's brain. I think it comes down to the environment that that person is in with the way that they are looking at something, because I can see in multiple examples in my life where someone that had ADHD was super hyper-focused on a thing. And other neurotypicals weren't focused on that thing. And they put that down to their hyperfocus. I would put that down to interest. Like, the neurotypicals didn't care about this thing, but the neurodiverse person did. And another neurotypical also did care, but they were also focused just as much as the person that was neurodiverse. You're like There's no pattern there. It, 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 To me, it doesn't make sense to explain it like that. It makes more sense... explain it through constraints affordances and an environment because it maps to everything every experience there's no outlier (laughs) there's no well it works here but not quite there oh dog shut up um (laughs) it works here but not quite there and that's the problem for me with the traditional approach is there are too many situations where it just doesn't work
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: The other comment from the academic ADHD um, was retesting. So Dolvas is retesting different things. Uh, They're they're going back to apps and stuff. And I think this is a really good segue into uh, retesting Morgan, retesting Cron. Um, But I can see you've got in in there Obsidian FOMO.
1: Yes. Yeah, they mentioned... um that it was a big problem around how everyone's showing big systems and notion and and it it kind of links back to my previous comment on street on on that stream of consciousness episode of around like it's a strategy not the only way but it's often portrayed due to marketing sales etc as the only way Mm. and the best way because that's a constraint that's added to marketing to get people in the door because getting people in the door is the important thing and so and and it kind of links to the business like how the business environment currently is of like yeah it it, it just it, it very much links to what my experience has been of business of like these are the ways you run a business these are the courses that you take these are the books that you read because these books will give you all of the answers but when they don't give you all of the answers you feel like it's something that you're doing wrong
0: what happened to your accent you what? said answers and then answers i don't know you you sounded like me <laughs> okay. Yeah. Every, every time i hear you say answers i'm like oh like it's like a a, a dagger in my brain i'm like nope ignore it but you Dude. said answers yeah. oh anyway come yeah. On.
1: yeah so those answers um don't really provide any
0: answers yeah I, I knew you were gonna do that as soon as i said it but i was like yeah, I um,
1: you walk straight into it i mean i have to take advantage of that that is how i answer your your (laughs)
0: thought i'll stop now but yeah um you have no idea what you're talking about now i do that's why i put
1: the notes down see that's why i do it because it prompts my brain um and that that right there of like the whole pkm space and i think one of the reasons why we sort of at least my own reason why we changed it from motion as to pkm podcast is because for me i wanted to bring in like that ecological perspective which i didn't realize it was the ecological perspective at the time yeah. um into yeah. the pkm space because all it is, is is everyone's just telling people how they should make their notes and very rarely does any of the stuff actually help until you understand the environment which i didn't realize at the time that you were in and so i think that 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 there of like retesting and trying to find the right answer i was like "Mm, okay cool um whereas for me like that idea of emerging of the ideas coming out as we go with what my experience has been recently with my systems of like pulling that out slowly versus trying to get the right system from scratch or buying a big system up front in obsidian or notion or all the other tools it takes it away Mm.
0: I'm I'm curious we have a mutual friend that likes purple that's recently been uh, exploring obsidian I've seen them on uh, yeah. Twitter. Yep yep yep, yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. I did notice. I did notice.
0: Yes. Um and I I can see they've gone like heavy on the deep end with the community plugins to start with, which I think a lot of people do. Uh and I'm curious how you would approach helping people like them um when it when it comes to joining other tools and big systems because the way I see it is they need to find out what works and what doesn't work. So I kind—I would kind of encourage them to test it all out and be like, "Now nah, this sucks. Now nah, this sucks. Oh, this is kind of working at the moment. Oh, wait, no, this really doesn't work now. I would want them to go through that pain. <laughs> but I know a lot of people don't want to go through the pain.
1: Mm. I think it's a matter of, I, I would probably follow a similar approach. I think I would constrain it a little bit more. Um, especially from a business perspective.
0: Obviously, it depends writing... what they're doing, yeah.
1: Yeah. And and if it's from a business perspective, I would add heavier constraints of like, okay, just start here. This is the focus. This is what you're using it for. And then inside of that, they play in that pain because it is going to be painful. Because if it isn't, then then they're not learning. <laughs> there's there's no learning there. There's nothing nothing new. Just what I think a lot of what I want to do is kind of helping people get in a box and play in a box, giving them more options. And I've been recently looking at building a course that kind of follows that, like a program. Mm-hmm. Like, that is very much giving them that space to play, and I think I might have found a platform that could actually do it far easier than me having to build it all myself.
0: Sounds good. good. Yeah, sorry. Sounds it's good. Right. On so, now onto the tech. Uh, do you want to go with illicit first? Oh, you
1: can go. You can go with uh, cron first. I'm kind of
0: intrigued. That's why I wanted you to do illicit first. <laughs> okay. Um. So, what? Uh, Essentially, for those unfamiliar that are joining the conversation now, I've been using Morgan for almost a year now. It's it's like a year and I think, next month is my my anniversary. Um, and Morgan also just, I say just, like two days ago or three days ago, released their command palette, which is lovely. So Morgan is doing my task management, my project management, and my quick notes uh, all inside of Morgan. I, I don't... I don't do anything outside of that app, um, apart from my writing, which is in obsidian. Like all the writing stuff, the actual content itself, uh like well, some of the outlines are actually in Morgan as well. <laughs> <laughs> um the 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 big writing tasks, that is in obsidian. And the the bundle of ideas and things, that's also in obsidian. Um, But everything else is in Morgan. And Cron recently released its full-to-everyone release version. Um, And straight out of the bat, there are things I don't like, which I'm going to go through first because they're just easy things. Um, You can only use Google Calendar. There's no no other calendars that you can put in there. So Linux, goodbye. Uh, Outlook, goodbye. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, It is on web, which is nice. But the download for Windows... It's it's basically an app, like it's it's like you open up instead of opening up your browser, you would open up the Cron app. There, whereas Morgan, you can open up a side panel, like with a, a global hotkey. In Cron, all you do is get an agenda list, basically a long list of all your stuff, and it it kind of looks like a Windows default menu thing that covers that. It's disgusting. I don't like it. Um. So there, there's really no difference between the web app and the Cron app. It's the same as Notion. Like, you either open up your browser with a tab of Notion, or you open up the desktop, which is just the same thing. And it's the same with Chrome. Um, probably inspired. <laughs> um, so, even though the desktop app is a desktop app, it still doesn't work without the internet, um, because you need internet access. And you, you can't really make it smaller, because it just becomes a window. So, it, it's an app, but it's not really an app. So, Morgan again, wins for me. Chrome uh, doesn't have tasks. Like, at all doesn't have tasks um so you can't tick things off or complete things and it looks like google calendar so all of the tasks that were in morgan at the moment are showing up as um i'm just going to check my calendar is there anything on here that i can't show no so i can share it uh this one there is a dark mode but i don't really like it So you can see we've got the dark mode here, and this is what I mean. It's got the, the ticks on it, and that's a task. You can't add tasks inside of uh, Cron at all. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go through some of this stuff in a minute. But yeah, so there's that that I also am not a big fan of. The scheduling, which you can see I have availability here, I like that the scheduling shows up on the day, and I can click on it, and I can see the availability and stuff. But that's the only place I can find the availability. There, there's no, like find availability section. Uh, so you can see this is what's upcoming. If I click on share availability, it then gives me an option to share it. I can't go through and look at all of the different slots, whether that's a recurring slot or a single slot. I, I can't I can't see that. I have to go in and find it. So if for example, I have a slot in two weeks, I have to go two weeks into the future and go to that thing. I can't just click on share availability and find it, um, which is mildly mm. irritating, but I do like being able to see it here. Um, then in, in the sidebar, because there are no tasks, it's very clean, which is nice. Um, I like this, but there's no calendar sets but at all. So I can't hide a calendar, show a calendar easily with a number, because the number is mapped to the days. <laughs> like, and and this is this is where I was like, um, I've i put this as a I don't know what to do with Morgan because Morgan, I can go in and push one, two, three, whatever. Um and it, it compares, oh, I'm gonna stop sharing because Discord's gonna have a have a, a mental hissy fit. Um yeah. So the one, two, three inside of Morgan is calendar sets. And then if I want a day view of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it control, and then whatever the numbers are. In cron, the numbers are the days, and then there's no calendar sets. So the most used features I have for Morgan, tasks, Cron doesn't have it. Global hotkey to show Morgan. There's a global hotkey in Cron, but it shows an agenda, which is disgusting. So I'm going to say it doesn't have it. (laughs) Uh, Calendar sets to filter between different views. Cron doesn't have it. And they are the biggest three features that I use. And then to top that all off, Cron has a mobile app for iOS only. So I can't even use Cron on my phone because I'm an Android user. but those things aside, there are some really nice features. Um but many of them are niceties. They're not necessary. Um like For example, the quick ad, the quick meeting feature. I've, I've got a list inside of the Morgan Discord uh, going through because it's a, a suggested thing. So if you want to have a look, um, go to the Discord. It's Cron-inspired features. Um, but there's a button on the all-day events that you can show and hide the all-day events, which is quite nice. It's just a, a nice thing Yeah,
1: that is nice, actually, yeah.
0: Um, you can select multiple events at once in Cron, which, again, it's a nice thing, but I don't know when I would use it. It's one of those features I look at and go, that's cool. When would I do it? Yeah, (laughs) I'm not sure when I would use it. So again, I see it as a nicety. Um, Upcoming event slash task is shown in the sidebar, which you'll have seen in the screenshot. The the top right, it shows the next thing, which again is a nicety, but because I'm always on my day, I can always see what's coming up. So I don't really need it. It's just another thing. Um, The meet with quick menu is... Again, one of those features I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. And you can use a hotkey to bring up meet with. You can type someone in and then it creates a meeting for them. Again, with the natural language stuff. But with the quick, with the command palette inside of uh, Morgan now, I can just create that and at mention the person. So again, it's like a, oh, that's a really cool feature, but Morgan kind of already has it. <laughs> um, the day search jump is something that I, I don't know whether it's coming to Morgan, but it would be good, where you can push a full stop in Cron or comma, can't remember which one, uh, and then you say jump to seven weeks or the 7th of October or whatever. So you can type out the day you want Cron to jump to. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, so that's a nice sort of like keyboard jumping feature, but I think that can be a command that can be added to the Morgan command palette pretty easily because there's already natural language dates in there. You can just say jump to event. So maybe that's a control enter instead of a normal enter of creating an event, something like that. Um shareability I've already said the month continued to scrolling so when you're in a month view in cron instead of always having to go to the right you can go to the right and to the left you can scroll down which takes you to the next month so it's like the notion month view again it's a nicety I wouldn't say it's a necess- necessi- necessity no, easy for me to say Um <laughs> yeah it's not needed but it's nice See, uh,
1: I that is one of the things I don't like about Morgan is the fact that I have to move it to the next month, the move it to the next month. I, I like this the scroll. scroll yeah. That is one of my favorite features that I miss from Fantastic Hell, and the fact that um there is. Let me go to the agenda view because I actually quite like the agenda view. Like I, I do, do on my miss...
0: phone.
1: <laughs> I do miss the the monthly calendar at the top and the fact that past dates faded out, like the colour was faded, whereas in this, it doesn't fade. But it's something that I do miss and might put something in there.
0: What, what do you mean by faded out? Because past events can be faded.
1: Not not events, but the days themselves, sorry.
0: Oh, right. okay. Like, so you. when a
1: day is gone, the day is... The colour is darkened so that you can see the difference. I've constantly had moments where I've clicked on dates and it's not... Yeah. Interesting. Um... Yeah, That's to me, to
0: me, app. it is faded out. Oh, interesting. It's, it's not like drastic. Oh, maybe it's because I have an all-day event and it's easier to see. Yeah, it's the all-day events that I'm looking at, not the actual day itself. Yeah.
1: So when the day is passed, it it
0: it still looks like the bright white. I'm using the dark mode.
1: Yeah. Same. Yeah. And and I don't like that. I, I like bet. having
0: the the grayer.
1: Movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the slightly greyed out thing.
0: Okay, yeah, I know they're revamping the sidebar, so I have a feeling the calendar that's currently in Morgan bottom left where you click it and it pops up, I have a feeling that's going to be in the new revamped taskbar. (laughs) Yes. Sidebar, because I don't know what they're actually doing to the taskbar. I've seen some screenshots, and I've seen some, like, play around ideas, but I know the command palette's been big on their mind, and there's loads of other... There are so many feature requests inside of the Discord. Like, (laughs) there are... The Morgan Discord is getting hard to manage by myself now. <laughs> there are lots of things in there, which is great to see. Um, and the developers, because they've got a couple of developers br- been, that have been brought on, like they are really pushing the updates, which is great to see. Um, yeah, yeah, I I celebrated. <laughs> yeah. I celebrated when I opened it. And they, found they've it. also added more confetti. Did you see? Yeah. Yes, they they added confetti. That that's something that cron just doesn't have at all because there's no tasks. Um but yeah, uh, and then the other thing. What what was the other thing? Oh yeah, the the, the other thing that I had inside of my cron inspired features was the sidebar calendar highlighting, um, which again we've just discussed inside of the task, like being able to see what days have been are being shown. But yeah, the, there are some nice things in cron. Um I personally, when I when I opened up cron and was in the light mode, I hated it. Did not like it at all um and then when i went over to the dark mode i still don't like it like i i use obviously discord dark mode i use obsidian dark mode morgan dark mode and the the words are it's too minimal and because i Mm. can't change anything it's just it's too minimal yeah and I can't do anything about it. Oh, actually something else that I just re- thought of. In Cron, you can change the color of an event, but only oh. to only to certain colors. You oh. don't have the color wheel like Morgan Morgan. Like you get uh red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple and gray. I want my specific color of orange. Thank you. Ex- exactly, exactly. I want I want to be specifically me. Um, yeah. but yeah, there's there's a lot to like there's nothing that Morgan doesn't already have It's just presented in a different way
1: okay,
0: yeah yeah and then Morgan has loads of other things as well <laughs> um I think the the only thing cron had over Morgan was the command palette but Morgan released the command palette like the day before cron released they're free to everyone so it's like <laughs> yep whatever cron <laughs> moving on oh yeah
1: the command palette the command palette I am um... So happy about having
0: that now. And I've seen as well in the Discord people discussing the uh, recurring features and adding due dates on tasks, and I know they're working on it as well. It's just because Morgan does so much, Mm -hmm. it's harder to implement just one feature.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because you're like, oh, yeah, I want due dates on a task. How does that impact the recurring tasks? How does that impact the events? How does that impact all of the different platforms that the tasks are gonna be shown on and the events gonna be shown on? Because it's not just iOS, Cron, um, (laughs) and then a browser app. The The thing that annoys me, right, is the videos that I'm seeing, people are saying, oh, I'm replacing Fantastica with Cron. What about Windows users? Hello? Or Linux users, hello, like, or Android users, hello, like, we, we we exist. We don't just need a browser app to work on something. We actually need it. <laughs> Working on our computers, is I that.
1: think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because Morgan has been has was quite a small app. It still is. So, is
0: it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I can't I can't say the numbers behind the scenes, but it is very small in in, in comparison. I mean, even when you look at Twitter. I think cron because it's associated with Notion, Cron's got like 65, 70k followers. <laughs> and cron's associated with Notion. Yeah. Morgan, not yet, is associated with any note-taking app, but um I've I've been pushing Obsidian for like six months. <laughs> And I think I think it, it it makes more sense for Morgan to work with Obsidian because Obsidian is local based, and Morgan is also local based. Cron is browser-based. like cron, there is a browser calendar app. And a lot of people want a Morgan browser app. but i I personally don't see a use for the browser app for Morgan. Um, oh uh,
1: because it's local because it's across platforms.
0: yeah. Most people want the browser app. I've, I've seen uh, in the Discord, the arguments are that uh, some people can't download Morgan onto their work computers. Ah. Because, like, privacy, security, et cetera, et cetera, um, which I think Morgan are not necessarily fighting against, but doing things about when it comes to security. I know they're very, very, very um, high up. It, it Like, security is very, very, very high up on their um, priority list. They want to avoid uh, any issues with that? And I know they're going through all of the security certifications stuff. When I spoke with David on the uh, CEO uh, interview conversation that we had, so yeah, I know privacy is something that they are concerned about. I mean, <laughs> one of their biggest user bases is Linux. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: mm. um,
0: I, I say biggest user base. So obviously, they still have more Windows and Mac users because there's more of those people around. But when you compare other calendar apps to Morgan. Linux is a big user base, <laughs> which is understandable because it actually works with other things, uh, prom. So, but yeah, I mean, it's command menu. Oh, they've used the same one, control K. Interesting. I didn't even, yeah, that that's
1: one. the kind of industry standard now.
0: Mm. I have noticed that the, um, What? I just saw hide content calendar on the Cron list, but I don't have a content calendar. I'm like, what are you even doing? It's it's got loads of things, but the onboarding of Cron is really hard to get my head around. Uh, I've onboarded a couple of people into Morgan, and they just got it. Mm -hmm. I'm in here, and I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) I'm happy to click so many buttons to figure out what's going on. I just yeah I just don't get it. I don't know maybe it's me just being dumb. Um uh, but yeah what what about um your uh, your 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 privileged illicit access I not that I'm salty at all.
1: No. So I recently got access to illicit's kind of new feature which
0: I think I can talk about it. If not, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Well,
1: Somewhere they haven't
0: said you, they haven't said you can't talk about it. Yeah, sorry. Well, unless it's in the email that I didn't get. Illicit, if you're listening. Maggie Appleton, I think she's she's part of the team. Like, if you're listening, like... <laughs> you're, you're also like you're like no. I'm I am
1: upset.
0: I'm gonna call you all out. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be a child An adult yeah, child. So... <laughs>
1: i am super happy with what it looks like uh what i'm just doing right now is running the exact same prompt that uh, prompt that elicit has in chat with browsing activated and i want to see the differences
0: you um, you can share your screen if you would I like i can but i don't want to <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes so this is um this is what it looks like when you've done the search so it will provide you with you it lists things, it creates a list. So let's do a new query. So I want a list of, and then you put in what you want to, what information you want to extract. So
0: Danny. Uh, I, I want a list of, why did you just tell me this now? Uh, <laughs> um, I want a list of papers about metastab- metat- metastable attenuation yep yep I'm, I'm i'm going all the way out there because oh, i
1: have did i spell it right uh
0: i think so yeah yeah so for those unfamiliar metastable attenuation is essentially attuning someone's focus um and the metastability is whether the bifurcation so the changes inside of the attention uh changes like how that changes inside of their perception <laughs> of so the environment this-
1: the way that you're using this is how it kind of works now on the traditional illicit. Right. So there. you find the papers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I have in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the kind of, I'm not sure how well this is going to work, how well this is going to work. This is going to be interesting. Um, But I think the idea behind this is to take it kind of up, up a step so that you're more like, I want a list of paper. I want a list of the key features of metastable attenuation, for example. Uh, it come, okay. It goes from a solution focused versus like give me all the papers to make it easier to
0: research. I know that it. paper. I know that. Paper. I like, I know that
1: one. I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. Like... <laughs> what I do like is that it it ranks them as well, which um I find quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued to see like what it's actually going to come up with because there are lots of different papers. Uh, one of the reasons I picked metastable attenuation out like out my head is because I know it's ecological dynamics, but I know metastable attenuation comes from a, a heavy mathematical and, and, and physics focused background. So I'm curious to see how many like big statistical papers or mathematics papers or anything like that comes up. Optical fibers. Yeah, that's that's there. That's cool. Um. Oh yeah, I like some of these points, and it's it's interesting that it's come up with. Of course, it's going to come up with the references because it's illicit. Duh. Yeah, exactly. And so
1: it's not finished yet. Now it's finished. Yeah. Oh, and it's giving you the concept as well, like authors who introduce the energy approach to metastabil- metastability from the Allen Khan. Like it's actually talking about.
0: Yeah. The papers talking.
1: and providing something for them a little bit more. That's actually su- that worked surprisingly well. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think it would work as well as it as it did.
0: Yeah, carry on scrolling down. I want to see it. There, there's a couple of things I have in mind. Uh, no, actually scroll down the list. That's the list. Oh, that is the list. Okay. Um uh, I'm I'm looking for oh there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's there. Um the the I don't know how you say it. Monomarch March twenty twenty paper. Mm-hmm. The the what's it second one down from what you're seeing. Oh yeah, I didn't even see that one. I was looking at the other one. Yeah, I was looking there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the paper that I was reading through hmm, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so interesting, interesting. Yeah. So when it when it comes to Chat GPT, um, yep. can you do anything similar to that? So this is what I've done
1: here. So I originally wrote, I'd like a lit. This is the prompt that I basically sent to Elicit. Yeah. And this is the responses that I'm getting. Now I'm going to go back and just step backwards. And so it's going to find it again. (laughs) And this is super alpha. Like this is right at the beginning. there are some differences than what was originally put in there. It's interesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, w- when it comes to the Chat GPT, obviously you can continue asking questions. Yes. I assume you can't do that with Elicit right now.
1: No. So, basically, you ask the question, you get the result, and that's about
0: it. OK. Uh, the The reason I ask is because I, ugh, the loads of people are writing inside my con inspired, cron inspired thingy. <laughs> <laughs> um on Discord the, the reason I ask is I've been using Bing loads like when I say loads I mean it's literally up on my fourth screen as a a chat like a chatbot like I'm I'm You're writing... using AI in
1: I'm going to stop sharing
0: okay okay I I was just gonna say I'm using it as a chatbot while I'm writing
1: yeah that that's because I'm my my perception of you has been very much like you don't like AI. You no, don't, I don't. Receive, and and that's really interesting that you're using it. Why?
0: I think it's because the writing that I'm doing isn't at the forefront of academics because it's for the book. It's very the the, the questions that I have uh, I could search for, but AI is just it's just a better search. <laughs> and and that's that's what i'm using it for so there are there are things that come to mind questions that come to mind i'm like uh for example when I, when i was um looking for plots for stories i was like okay When, like, how long were, how long did it take for some of the biggest novels to be written? Uh, And I got Bing to list out some of the popular novels, and then I asked it to, like, tell me if it could find it, how long it took to write, like, the authors to write each novel, how popular each novel was for comparison. Uh, And it it was doing within seconds, so I found out all this information really quickly, and I could make a decision while I was writing from the information that I had. So it was kind of like having an expert next to me, which was nice, on just internet stuff yes uh so instead of me having i always had a search engine up like bing search was always up but now it's bing chat because bing chat is far easier uh to to find the answers to questions and i'm also using it i'm i'm still quite not in the writing stage because i'm outlining a lot of stuff because i it's do we want to talk about world building So I feel like that's where that's where I'm I'm like leaning towards, Um, yeah. So for those unfamiliar with the, well, actually, no one will. No one's going to be
1: familiar because only you and I have spoken about this. So maybe give it a bit of uh, context.
0: Yeah. Um, Here's some context. I planned on writing a book about ecological dynamics about nine months ago, ten months ago, uh, and I put it in my ideas projects. And I had no idea how I was going to write it. And through the conversations we've had here and conversations I've had behind the scenes with uh, a few creators and writers, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write a book, a second book, because the Notion 1 technically is the first one, but I don't really count it. It's kind of like half a book. Uh, But my problem was, as I alluded to earlier in this episode, is the self-help book stuff just doesn't work for me. I don't like reading the books. I don't like the takeaways from the books. And the books become footnotes in conversations about the thing, the topic, whatever. It's not unlike fantasy, sci-fi, like made up stuff (laughs) to an extent. There's no fandom. There's no community really behind the book. It's more of a, oh, yeah, this book spoke about this thing that I want to tell you about. It's this footnote reference thing. And that's not what I want because that to me is prescriptive it's it's okay here's a list of things that you can do but in my environment i'm different so that's what you could do over there but here is whatever this is and i was like how do i write a book i think i said this in the book writing episode how do i write a book that's an environment rather than a prescription like step-by-step solution and while i was on holiday i came up with this idea about okay ecological dynamics environment how do i build an environment where people can learn it in a book World building. <laughs> that, that, that's that's where I was like, hold up a minute. Like, smack myself in the face a couple of times. This already exists. When you think of Harry Potter, the reason I said that is because the first one's in front of me right now. Um, Harry Potter, like, she, J.K. Rowling, builds a world of wizards and witches with Dementors and all these other magical beings. And Harry goes and learns through this new world. And the world itself is obviously not real, but the world gives constraints and affordances by the things in it. And what I was thinking is like, okay, so that's the world. How do I explain learning through ecological dynamics without explaining learning through ecological dynamics? (laughs) And what I realized is I don't need to explain it because that is what happens. So I don't need to explicitly say said character learned through ecological dynamics that said robot destroyed one other cyborg i don't know Uh, (laughs) i don't need to explain that unless i want ecological dynamics to be part of the story and if it is then i can make it something i can make it i don't know a part of magic a part of tech a part of a perspective i can do what i want with it when it comes to the word and the naming because the thing itself is already happening. Like you can look at any book that has any learning involved in it, Harry Potter included, An ecological dynamics is there. You can apply it there. It's a perspective that you look at it. So how do I explain ecological dynamics learning in a book through various environments? Well, I build an environment that has constraints and affordances that I can talk about as constraints and affordances, rather than it being this shallow thing of, oh, yeah, the constraint is the way that I view this. Eh. It's, it's not as tangible. It's not as grab-holdy. <laughs> um, but if I'm writing in a fantasy sci-fi world, I can use magic or tech as a constraint, as affordances, and then the person that's learning through things can use the language of ecological psychology. They can say, I felt constrained by. I saw the affordance of. So I can use the language of ecological psychology in an environment that's built out specifically to show, <laughs> emerge, what I want to show, what I want to tell, what I want to say. So I'm, you <laughs> it's very like ED inception. I'm creating an environment to show ED. The environment. Yeah. To show ED through the words of ED. So in my head... I can do all... I mean, that is dynamical systems. In a nutshell, you have a system inside a system inside a system. But that's how I'm writing this book about ecological dynamics. It's a story that people can get hold of. They can get hold of characters. They can get hold of a plot. They can get hold of settings. And even though it's one book, it could be more because there are different ways to perceive the world. There are loads of different things. Applying ED into politics into philosophy into psychology into learning into sport into anything there's a different story there there's a different plot line there so instead of it being a self help book it will be a world of ed a perspective of ed and that's that's how i have it in my head how i pitched this book no idea i'm i'm working on that but with the going all the way back to where we started um with my writing with ai the coming up with the characters and the plots and the settings and stuff, that isn't in academia. That isn't high in academia. So I can ask AI about that. But where, so this actually relates to a Brandon Sanderson lecture that I was listening to yesterday. He said that um, plots is like the iceberg, the iceberg analogy um, with all the background and stuff. You have the, the tip of the iceberg outside of the water and then the iceberg in the water. But Brandon Sanderson was saying that in the iceberg, actually it's hollow. Because most of the research and the actual understanding behind the stuff that people talk about, the writers don't need to know. The writers just need to show the reader that they know enough. You're kind of like putting putting the reader into a false sense of security. Oh, yeah, the, the author's done all this background research. In actual fact, they haven't. They've just done enough to make themselves know enough about explaining the thing. But really, they don't know how it works. Um, Which is one of the issues scientists have with sci-fi, because scientists are like, no, that wouldn't work because of this, this, and this, and this. And the the sci-fi writers like, yeah, but I don't care because it it sort of works, (laughs) it works well enough. Whereas me, I have that iceberg because I'm in the research. So AI isn't needed for the middle of the iceberg; it's needed for the top of the iceberg that's showing. That's where I'm at now. Hopefully, that explains what's going on.
1: Yeah, that's, that's quite fascinating, actually. Yeah. My brain is instantly going. So um, <clears throat> in a couple of weeks' time, I am running a and d session for Complete and utter Beginners. Oh, yeah. And my brain's like, huh, how would I use an ED perspective in a world to teach them how to play D&D? And I'm just like, that is a fascinating idea, but it's
0: nothing new. Because no, that, no, it's not is, is that's the a skill through constraints, and that's the constraints uh, like constraints led approach. Uh, and, and that's why I'm like, it's so hard to not see ecological things inside mm. of everyday life. Like, it's <laughs> sorry to use the analogy again, but once you've taken the red pill, it's hard not to see it. Yes. And when I look back, I'm like, yeah, but no. <laughs> Whenever I look back at it from a traditional perspective, I'm like, yeah, but this. Or yeah, but that. And how do you do this? Oh, processing, what's that? Oh, something to do with Bayesian statistics I don't really know. <sighs> ah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's exciting.
1: Mm, yeah. So my brain is just like, I wonder, how would I play with that
0: in... A
1: DD session teaching people, well, obviously there's constraints that I would add. What constraints would I choose to add? Could those constraints yeah? So my brain's just like, Ooh, oh, 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 oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that that is good, cool. especially with uh the way DD is, because DD is so open, because that's kind of the point, <laughs> imagination, it's so open that I think like every sport, like every sport is open. Um you you can really use it in so many different ways that it comes down to the expertise of the coach, how it's applied. And this is where the conversation... This is where I want the conversations to go. Like, in, in my head, when I see five years down the line, if I actually have this book done, <laughs> uh, I see a community of of, like, ED practitioners, not just in sport, applying yeah, it. I want to
1: see people i want to see practitioners outside of sport more like because that's going to be so amazing if we find it it, it wants the, they must be there
0: oh yeah the, the thing is they are there because people are taking is physical related like you've got the physiotherapists that are taking an ed approach uh the strength and conditioning coaches taking an ed approach the psychologists sports psychologists taking an ed approach to um, treating things um and there are other people that are doing it, but they don't know they're doing it because they don't have the words for it. Um, And because they don't have the words for it, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. And this is where the practitioner and the theorist sort of need to come together. I, I There was a lecture on this in my third year of uni where the theorist knows the words, knows how to explain it, but the practitioner knows what it looks like. And you just need them to talk sometimes. Um, I'm certainly in the theorist camp because I don't practice inside of coaching. I, I don't coach, um, and I don't want to coach, because to me, it's far more exciting to look at the research. I but, coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's exciting, and I think combining Illicit, uh, being AI, and Obsidian, the, the writing of this book is going to be amazing. The only problem I have with writing the book... Uh I, I wouldn't even class it as a problem. Is obviously it's gonna take time. So I need to reprioritize which I was in the process of doing before Cron decided to pop up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that covers most of what we were gonna talk about. The other thing is gonna be a longer conversation, so maybe we we'll talk about that one for uh for next week.
1: What's the longer conversation?
0: Uh Dr. K and his um explanation of the um, month, the uh, mental health month.
1: Cool. I will make sure to watch that for next week.
0: Sounds good. See you next
1: week. Bye, bro. Bye.